welcome to episode 91 of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Coming to you live, practically, from high above the Mellow Mushroom in downtown metropolitan Franklin, Tennessee. I'm your host, Nate Larkin, here with our fearless, peerless engineer, Mondo. Happy Holidays. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. We're Christians. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And sitting in today for the Commodore, who is uh, apparently off on a voyage with the family, is none other than my stylist. We've met him before here on the podcast. Kyle Rigsby. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you, Nate. Thanks, Mondo. Good to be here. Yeah. And uh, we're recording this in that uh, dead week between Christmas and New Year's. Yep. Things are quite silent here around... The the studio Mondo. Oh yeah, it's dead. You got the you got the big projects in the can. Yep, everything's wrapped up. Just uh, I've been relaxing all week, so I'm a little sick. Yeah. Oh, having birthday was yesterday. Who's mine? No. Yeah, man. Well, happy birthday. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Yeah. Turned uh, big three six. Good golly. Uh huh. Yeah. Do you remember thirty six? Oh man, that was so far in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even sober at 36. I don't remember much of that year at yeah, all. It yeah. was just a blur. Yeah, I don't think I want to remember 36. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a lot to look forward to, obviously. Hey, yeah. It gets better. Yeah. Good, man. Good, yeah, man. the man uh, that, you're, that you're, you know, sober and present and, you know, living consciously in your life at the age of 36, what a gift that is, brother. Well, man, I never thought about that like, like that. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Man. Yeah, I never thought about that. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I kind of missed that at 36, too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And, uh, Mondo, uh, you got all those little rugrats in the house. How did uh, how did Christmas go? Man, Christmas was fantastic. It mm-hmm. was uh, it was busy, man. They got cracking pretty early, as, <laughs> as, as usual. Uh, and, you know, Santa was up late, uh-huh, yeah. you know, finalizing, you know, yeah. preparations and yeah. eating the cookies. Yep, exactly. That need to look like they were eaten mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, uh, of course, you know, Santa's tired. And then uh, about three and a half, four hours later, <laughs> <laughs> some pitter-patters going on and whispering around the house and looking in the room, see if I'm awake yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And then I hear the, you know, trampled I said, oh, my gosh, look at the tree. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was good, man. It, it was active. It was good paper everywhere yeah. toys everywhere yeah. I made the mistake in getting a, a lot of gifts that had small pieces talk to me man I made the same mistake yeah. oh man it, it was a nightmare mm-hmm. my wife was looking at me like never again mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. again no mm-hmm. more like we're only getting maybe one puzzle <laughs> maybe one craft set like, yeah, we yeah. got all these craft and see my, the grandparents are well you're a grandpa you know yeah you're, yeah you're, yeah, you're, yeah. Your, your kids are probably looking at you, like, mad at you about some of the stuff you got. <laughs> but they get all the crafts and make necklaces. So there's just pieces yes. everywhere, yeah. man. So. Yeah. But it was great. It was fantastic, man. We had a good meal and, and relaxed. It was really nice, man. So, what do you well, got to Well, I got the taste, too, because I've got grandkids uh, living with me now. Yeah. So uh, some three-year-old twins downstairs mm. and a six-year-old. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was the same deal. We were up. I was up with my daughter late, wrapping presents. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, and the kids had laid out a veritable feast for Santa and the reindeer. Oh. Yeah, so there was a lot of, you know, it was carrots and grapes and mm. cookies and milk and juice boxes. And, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that had to be dealt with. And a lot of indigestion on your part. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it, it was a very short night. 
Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and then why, you know, my <laughs> I made the same mistake. I bought, the the big mistake I bought was buying this, um, this play set that you had to assemble that had, I, I swear, it had to have 200 pieces. Yeah, of course it did. That's right. And the kids tore into it right away and pieces went everywhere. Of course. And then they come to me to put it together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is when you want to shoot Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, man. But, man, I was just so grateful to be there and yeah. be present, to be able to enjoy that. I know I missed a lot of that when my kids were little. Yeah, yeah. I was there, but I was half there. You yeah. know what I mean? To feel like I could be pretty much fully present for my grandkids is such a gift. That's cool, man. That's and, awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. And... uh you know, Allie came down. She got downstairs for Christmas. Allie's rehabbing from knee surgery. Okay. And she, but she also has, she's waiting on shoulder surgery, and because the, she's got a bum shoulder, she can't use okay uh, uh, crutches to get around, which really hinders her mobility. Gotcha. And so I have spent the last three weeks uh, learning a new appreciation for home health care workers. Huh. Uh, holy smokes. Um, you know because we're doing and I don't have it you know I haven't had nearly as much a challenging situation as some folks have Uh, but Allie and I have got to spend a lot of quality time together and I have uh, expanded my cooking abilities significantly nice you talked to brother brother Porter yeah 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 he had some recipes he did yeah 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 Yeah. and I've made a lot of trips up and down the stairs and we're learning uh, how to do physical rehabilitation yeah and uh, so anyway, it's been a it's been a different kind of Christmas season, but a good one for us. How about you, Kyle? Christmas was great. Um, I have a sister that lives in uh, Philadelphia area. She came down with her two kids, and I uh, haven't seen her in a while. So that was that was really good. It, it ended up being really laid back. We've had a lot of fun telling, you know, a lot of funny stories from the past and yeah. remembering things and poking fun at each other and. Um, it's been good. Yeah. Um, it's been, like I said, it's been relaxing. My dad's been been sick, um, but he seems to be, you know, finally coming back around on the mend, and um, you know, hopefully things will keep getting better for him. And um, it's been a good, it's been a good holiday. That's good. That's good, great. Good. Uh, top Christmas present at our house. Officially, we gave it to my daughter, but it was yeah. really kind of a gift for everybody. Was a juicer. Yeah. Have you ever done this? Y'all I just bought one. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah. You just kind of stuff anything down that. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And, it's uh, killer. Yeah. It's killer. I'm loving it. I've got another level for you though. Uh oh. Uh oh. See, yeah. We're gonna take it up a notch. What? It- well, yeah. A few years ago, my wife bought the juicer. She's she's into health and nutrition. Right. And studied it and all that. So okay. She's pretty hardcore about wholeness. Yeah. Stuff, right. Okay. So, Bought the juicer some years ago. Right. Wasn't good enough because she found that there was a lot of nutrients in the pulp and in other aspects that the juicers eliminate. Right. So she got the Vitamix. Okay. All right. We didn't know which it was a toss-up. So she got the Vitamix. Okay. She uses both, though. Okay. So, But for the most part, she likes the Vitamix because you can throw the whole lime in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Peel and all. Peel and all. Yeah. Like... So you get the zest of the lemon and yeah, the yeah. lime and yeah. the whole apple. Like you just yeah. throw the entire thing in there. Like you don't have to cut the little leaves off the strawberry. Just throw everything right. in there. Yeah. So it's it's another level. I mean, it's yeah. You know, but I like the juicing. It's just 
I don't know. That's just me, but yeah, it's just a good thing my father's not alive to see this. I mean, he just—he, I don't think he would be able to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're doing what? I mean, you're not—you're not boiling it. You're not frying it. You're, yeah. you're what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, it's strange. Yeah. That's cool though, man. But that's—that's—that's that's, that's great that you guys did that because the whole family can get on it. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, and actually, that's what I've been doing all week just to get over this head cold. Really? I don't take medicine, so. Yeah. It's all just juices and, and, and smoothies and natural yeah. stuff like that. So it's actually good for, for your health and immune system. I'm loving it. I mean, I'm, 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 in, I'm, in it, I'm into it like all three days now. But yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. You'll, find, you'll, you'll get tremor too, man. I am? Okay, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. One quick. I'm just going to. we got to thank you, folks, everybody, for the, uh, the kind thank you cards. Uh, the, I mean, the notes that came to us. Uh, at the Pirate Monk Podcast. Uh, it's good to know that we're appreciated for the work that we do here. Although I can't say that it's really hard work, is it? No, it's fun, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You do most of the work. I get there. <laughs> I talk, and then you do all the heavy lifting to make it sound it's, good. It's Mono. fun, man. No, yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. time. Uh, but here, I do want to read this one. Here's one that came uh, for you, Mondo. Okay. Let me see. Let me pop this baby open. Uh Here's a brother named Justin who says, uh, Pirate Monk Brothers, I'm three months into my recovery. My wife still loves me, so I'm pretty pumped about that. I've met up with a great group of pirate monks here in Austin, Texas, cool. and I'm so grateful to be a part of that brotherhood. Thank you for your ministry. I enjoy your podcast each morning on my long commute to work, and it really sets the stage for the day. Just a quick question. Maybe Mondo's best suited to answer this question. I've heard a couple of artists on the podcast during the brief breaks before Nate says, Son, we're back on the Pirate Monk podcast. One guy who I've heard a couple of times, his song, What Little I Heard of It, ministers in a deep way to me. Hmm. I don't know his name or the name of the song or where to find it. I was hoping I could get a list of artists who played on the podcast so I can hunt this guy's music down. I believe Mondo went down to record this guy and talked about it in an episode between 75 and 85. Maybe it's a stretch, but I'd really appreciate the help. Thanks, and Merry Christmas. Justin. Well, all right, Justin. Good news for you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I do know who that is. That's Mo Leverett. Mo Leverett. Uh, Leverett is L-E-V-E-R-E-T-T, right? Yeah, yeah. Where are you going to find Mo's And you can find Mo on uh, iTunes. You can just search Mo Leverett on iTunes, and all his stuff will pop up. Yeah. And the the particular songs you're looking for are on his CD called All Right. Yeah. So I think the, there's two songs I use mainly. One is called Nevertheless, and mm-hmm. another is called All Right. Yeah. So. so and he's, yeah. A, he's a pirate monk to the core, old Mo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's great, and he's got some new material. As a matter of fact, man, um, you know what? I'm, I have some unreleased stuff of Mo that Justin may enjoy as well. Why don't we play one of those right at the break before we do a mini-meeting? Oh, sounds good. We'll be back in a minute on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Run into the wind Poor defenseless He who defends He ordains our woe and gives some grace also press against these times from the virtue 
from the crime, dark these stormy skies. Bright in Him we rise. Cling to love, sing for joy, rest under sovereign's wing. Hold to faith, yield to hope, the liberated sing for joy, mm-hmm. for joy. Fight until you die. Brave respond to battle's cry And this our victory song If he comes along Cling to love Sing for joy Rest under Hold to faith, yield to hope, the liberated sing for joy. Ooh. Cling to love, sing for joy, rest on the fire. Hold to faith, yield to hope, the liberated sing for joy, oh, sing for joy. And we're back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. I think it's time for us to have a... Meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that joke. Yeah. We can't do a full meeting because a typical Samson meeting is an hour long, and we've yeah. got other things we want to do on the podcast, but we'll do a quick setup to the readings, yeah. uh, annotated version of the meetings, and then some uh, truncated sharing. Mm-hmm. Okay? Here we go. Uh, welcome to this uh, mini-meeting of the Samson Society. We're a company of Christian men. We're also natural loners who've recognized the dangers of isolation and are determined to escape them. We're natural wanderers who find spiritual peace and prosperity at home. Natural liars who are now finding freedom in the truth. Natural judges who are learning how to judge ourselves aright. Natural strong men who are experiencing God's strength as we admit our weaknesses. As Christians, we meet at other times for worship, for teaching, or for corporate prayer. Today, however, we meet to talk. Our purpose is to assist one another in our common journey. We do so by sharing, honestly, out of our own personal experience, the challenges and encouragements of daily Christian living in a fallen world. Okay, we have now reached the sharing portion of our meeting. That was quick. In sharing, we speak honestly out of our own experience. We tell the truth about ourselves, knowing that our brothers will listen to us in love and will hold whatever we share in strictest confidence. 
We try to keep our comments brief, taking care to leave plenty of time for others. We address our statements to the group as a whole rather than directing them toward uh, any one person. As a rule, we refrain from giving advice to others or instructing them during the meeting, believing that such conversations are best reserved for private moments between friends. The suggested topic today is... That's a drum roll. Yeah. That's a drum roll. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wounds. Wounds. But we are not confined to that subject. You may speak about any issue that is currently commanding your attention. The floor is now open for anyone who wishes to speak. Hi, I'm Nate. Hey, Nate. I'll jump in. Since I picked the topic, I'll go first off the diving board. Um, you know, it just so happens that I uh, recently made the decision, with the encouragement of my lovely bride, uh, to go back through the 12 steps, something I haven't done in years. Uh, I first got sober in 12-step recovery, and, and they told me there that uh, 12 steps is really something that, you know, it's good to keep on doing, that you always ought to be on a step. And uh, I haven't formally been on a step in years and years. So anyway, um, not because uh, any of the behavior had returned, but because Allie could see that sometimes I didn't seem to be fully present. Uh, I do know that acting out is always disassociative. You have to go away from yourself to do it. And whenever I'm in a disassociated state, I'm at great risk for medicating again, right? Yep. So, so Allie, in her gentle way, and she is gentle. Yeah, she kind of went, how long has it been since she did the steps? You know. So I talked it over with my Silas and uh, decided, you know, that's not a bad idea. I'll go ahead and do the steps. Got started on step one. It's been a long time since I did step one. Uh, which is, you know, admitted we were powerless over X, whatever X is, and that our lives have become unmanageable. And the way I've been uh, taught to kind of first do, there's a lot of ways to do step one, but uh, one great strategy is to just go back over your life, look at it in five-year increments. It's something we do during 48 Hours of Frankness. Yep. And, uh, and kind of look at those twin issues of powerlessness and unmanageability. And uh, here's what I've noticed. Uh, I'm a lot more sympathetic with myself this time than the last few times I've gone through. I remember the first time, the first time I did a step one and, and it really came through on step four, I really operated like a federal prosecutor who wanted to nail my hide to the wall and put me away for life, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, there was, uh, you know, not only were there no excuses, there were no explanations for anything I'd done. There was no kindness in the process. It was just, it was brutal. And um, so now as I'm going back over, and it's good for me to remember those early years when the, the stage was being set for my addiction, when, uh, you know, those... <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, our addiction kind of finds us. All of us are kind of set for something. And uh, so I was set up in a lot of ways for 
my deal, which is sex addiction. I guess our readers, our listeners know that. Uh, I was much more likely to become a sex addict than a gambling addict or an alcoholic or something else. Um, so going back over the early years to see the way you know, things were lining up to leave that open window of vulnerability for me. Uh, you know, social isolation, the early death of my mother, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, and then, uh, and then through the years, and I haven't made it all the way through on step one. I, my goal was to finish by today because I have my weekly meeting with Kyle today. I'd hoped to get all the way through, and it turns out I'm not. I'm not. I'm not through yet. I'm. I'm through uh, the f- first years of my marriage. Uh, what I'm di- seeing this time is, is uh, I'm seeing a. I'm seeing a hurt guy. Not that I'm any less responsible for my action, and it is true that if it's not my problem, then there's no solution. I've got to own this thing. Uh, but um, to have some compassion toward myself, to move away, I, you know, in my early stages of recovery, I've still had this residual thinking that if I could just hate my sin or hate myself enough, I could stop. I was still operating. If I could just get enough disgust, enough hatred, if I could despise my addict enough, then I could leave him behind. That doesn't work. That really doesn't work. Uh, it, it it just splits me further and sets me on this shame spiral. Uh, now, the life of recovery is very much a life of integration. Uh, I can't kill the pirate and become the monk. I've got to be the pirate monk, uh, and but be the best of both. And that means that I've got to somehow make peace with the pirate. Um, and uh, so going back and uh, I can't say that I have yet grieved my wounds Um, they weren't acknowledged for me when I was a kid and I wasn't taught how to acknowledge them I was really told at least the messages I received was get over it get beyond it you know you're a Christian. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. We sang that, you know, just, you know, get over yourself. Um, and so, got a lot of unhealing, uh, unhealed wounds. But I think the first step toward healing is acknowledging that the wounds are real. And uh, I'm a step closer to really kind of acknowledging and grieving. And uh, uh, allowing myself some comfort in those wounded places that I attempted all those years to salve with sex. That's me. I'm out. Thanks. Thank you. I'm Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Um, When I think about wound, wounding, I think first thing that pops into my head is something that's happened to me Um, you know arms don't just break on their own you can't cut yourself without being around something sharp so you know as I think back over the the course of my life what are the what are the things that have would have been the things that have 
broken me or cut me um, on any level, whether it's emotional, spiritual, or physical. And there have been all three for me, um, as there have probably most anyone. But, you know, some of the ones that come up for me are um, the way I was raised in the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'll be 43 this coming year, and I'm just now getting to a place to where um, those wounds don't affect me as much, if any at all. Um, I found a great place to go to church, a place where it's all about the liturgy and the worship, and it's all about the gospel, and it's amazing to me how simple this sounds, but it's like that in and of itself has healed a lot of the way that I was raised, um, to believe in God, to interact with God, to fear God, um, and, um, you know, the wounding there, I think of my friend Dave Bunker who calls it a sacred wound, that it becomes sacred when you get to a point where I feel like I'm at now, um, where it's getting redeemed, mm-hmm. and, um, it's almost that I'm now, I wouldn't quite go this far, but it's almost as if I'm thankful that it happened mm. um, because of what it's doing for me now, because of what it's teaching me, what it's taught me. Um, so wounding for me is, is a real, um, it's, a, it's a very, very personal, spiritual thing for me. It's... Um, you know, it also has played itself out for me physically. Um, I got my shot to play professional baseball. Very short time after I get hurt, have to have this surgery, and it's a 12-month recovery. And my doc tells me, okay, so the twins want you back in six weeks, but it's a year-long recovery. Yeah. And here's what you're going to have to do to be back in six weeks. And it's going to be hell, by the way. Um, and I did it, and uh, it did, it hurt <laughs> bad, and when that six weeks was up, I wasn't ready. So my lifelong dream up to that point, ever since I could walk, was to play professional baseball, and all of a sudden, here it is, I'm, I'm on the very cusp of getting this dream the way I want it, and it's gone. Um, and that wound has stuck with me in a lot of ways Uh, not just the physical injury that happened but also the emotional consequences of that as well Um, and it's taken a lot of work to get through that I I even had to do work around that recently I would say in the last year or so Mm -hmm. it's been 20 years since that happened so you know it's, it's sad how long a wound can hurt. Um, it's even sad how I haven't wanted to name it as a wound mm. just so I don't have to deal with it. Mm. And, you know, my default is to escape and run and hide and, um, I'm learning that that just perpetuates the wound 
and that I can't do that anymore. It's not an option. Um, doesn't mean I don't want to don't want to run or skate or hide. It just means I can't anymore. Um, so having good friends, having Nate as my stylist as well, and men around me who challenge me, who um, tell me who I really am, who push me to be that person that they know that I am is has been has been a good has been a good staff for me as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's me. I'm Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Well, I'm Mondo. 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 While you guys are talking, uh, I had like five different points to speak from. Hmm. Um, I'll kind of combine them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was talking to my wife actually yesterday about, you know, this year has been a revelation year for me. Um... You know, I think most guys, if you're if you're a man's man, if you're a guy, you have this internal badass mentality, mm-hmm. and nothing can affect me. Mm. Okay, so full of it, but we think that. Mm. And I, I'm definitely that guy, mm-hmm. you know. And <clears throat> I went to the doctor some months ago and, and got a report that I really didn't care for. And you know, I was hardcore about addressing these issues to rectify them. And uh, I was eating breakfast the next morning, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, these are bodily wounds that have happened some sort of way, whether it be food I was eating, whether it be whatever. Mm-hmm. And look at my intentionality to address these two things. Mm-hmm. Why in the world am I not doing it with all these other things in my life? Mm-hmm. I've, I've spent the last some odd <laughs> years getting sliced or slicing myself in some sort of way, mm-hmm. and just man it up, put some dirt on it, walk it off, mm-hmm. keep it moving. I'm a man. I'm all right. I'll be fine. You know, somebody's like, "Hey, you're bleeding." No, I'm not. You know, and just kind of you just get in this denial phase yeah. of I'll be fine. And so, once I got to the point of of really looking at it, I said, "Okay, I'm addressing these two things that the doctor told me about, and and we're, we're going to get through these things. They're going to be fine. We're going to be a okay." And I'm like, man, how come I cannot do that with all these other scars and mm-hmm. wounds and just <laughs> open arteries just yeah. bleeding out? Right. But I, and I just, uh, why don't I do that? <clears throat> so when I decided to turn around or just turn to the side and look, I was amazed at how many things that have happened in my life, whether it be to me or done to myself or whatever it may be, just how many open wounds there were and are. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was staggering. It, it was almost depressing because mm-hmm. I saw how how they affect my now, yeah, my today. Um, but the thing is, I had to get it out immediately. I had to talk about it immediately because I found myself really falling into this depression. Mm-hmm. I'm an awful human being, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mentality. And I had to get it off of me. I had, I had to talk. I had to, you know, really start venting and um, and processing and having uh, some ears to to dump into as well as some people to speak wisdom. You know, because um, I really didn't realize how. I guess the older I get, maybe you guys can attest to this, but it, it, the older I get, the more sensitive I am. I'm becoming. Mm. You know, that invincibility is leaving year by year. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, 
yeah, man, it's just, I guess I feel like I'm becoming more and more human, you know, uh, you know, that, that kryptonite over here to the side, you know, those wounds, it needs to be addressed, you know, and uh, it, it's staggering, because I could connect the dots, and everything lines up to something. Yeah. And if it doesn't line up to something now, it probably will soon. Yeah. And, you know, some of that stuff produces good fruit, I believe, uh, as long as it's handled correctly, uh, dressed correctly. Uh, some of it produces bad fruit that needs to be handled. Um, it's funny, too, man, because there's, there's some thought processes that I had that come to find out weren't really good. Mm. I thought it was, but when you look at where it comes from, it's like, hold on a second. It's just been an epiphany year, man. I mean, you know, yeah. especially with my birthday being yesterday. And, and uh, you know, my wife likes to have these deep conversations on the birthday, set goals for the next year. You know, what did we accomplish last year? Just check it off. You know, very task-oriented, and it, it, it encourages me to do the same. And But not just on a task, but just looking at progress, self-progress in, in, in your health, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and all that. And uh, I, I know wounds, man, it's... I'm, I'm becoming more in touch with how powerful those things are yeah. and, uh, and how real it really is. <clears throat> it's scary when you try to handle it by yourself, though. Yeah. But I felt more secure when, in moments like now, mm-hmm. and even in a mini-meeting, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. moments like now or moments where I'm talking to my wife or my brother or whomever, um, those types of things, you know, I, I told somebody the other day, it's like, I, I say things a lot to people that I really feel like I need to listen to myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I told a guy, I said, you know, you, you can't carry it yourself. If he, if you could carry it yourself, the Lord would have never said, bring your burdens to me. Yeah. He said that because we cannot carry everything ourselves. Yeah. That's why we were built for community, because yeah. we cannot carry it ourselves. So that guys who are listening... Like, this is even therapeutic for me in a mini-meeting because yeah. I'm venting to not just these two, two guys here, but the thousands of you yeah. that are listening now. It, and, and knowing that I don't even see your face right now, I can't even see your face, it's helping me tremendously, mm-hmm. you know, just to know that um, I have a safe place to get it out. Yeah. And to be able to address these wounds, because it could be a scary thing, you yeah. know, so that, that's, yeah, that's, that's one area. I could talk about five other things, but that was the main thing that was pressing, so Armando. Thanks, Wanda. All right, and we will be back with a fascinating discussion in just a moment on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Whoa! Pirate's life is a wonderful life, a roving over the sea. You'd be a career as a buccaneer, it's the life of a pirate for me. Oh, the life of a pirate for me. All right, we are back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Uh... And I, you know, I was looking uh, in the newspaper today and I saw uh, a story that astonished me. I saw that this year, suicides among military personnel, suicides, uh, there were more suicides than combat deaths. I saw that. Really? Yeah. I saw that today, too. Yeah. Uh, so we do have a, uh, we have a, a trained therapist in the room, so I will defer to the therapist. Um, obviously, uh, not one thing is driving all of those suicides, but that's a big trend. We've got guys returning from combat, 
yeah. uh, ending their lives. Uh, what do you think lies behind that, Kyle? Well, I mean, when we're talking about the military, I mean, and guys who've come back from you know active combat, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And yeah. what's interesting is that, um, I mean, they have obvious reasons mm-hmm. for being traumatized, traumatized, yeah, uh, and coming back. The things that having do, having the things trouble they had to see, right? And and yes, yeah, exactly. Things they, things just it's just what they experienced. Yeah. And um, you know, what's interesting is, you know, those reasons for military personnel are obvious. Right. What's interesting though is that the average Joe mm-hmm. can have the same thoughts, feelings, emotions. Um, and on an emotional level, the same experience. Yes. Without ever having to go to Iraq or Afghanistan or anywhere else, they can have it right here at home by how they were raised, yeah. uh, within their marriage, um, you know, things that happened to them as a kid. I mean, the effects are the same. And it could be killing themselves slowly with an addiction. Yeah, alcohol, drug abuse. Now, this is this was a real revelation to me when somebody told me a few years ago that um, you know more and more and more uh, research and exper- experience uh, within the healing community is confirming that um, at the heart of virtually all addictions lies trauma, and uh, so we. We can't adopt merely a behavioral approach to it, try to, uh, but the deeper solution addresses the wound, yeah. the trauma. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and there actually are, and it, uh, it's not just talk therapy these days. There are actually we've we learned we've learned a ton about how the body carries memory and emotion. Yep. We've learned an awful lot, especially just in the last decade, about how the brain operates and how the brain. Uh, deals with and stores and works around trauma yep. and how that connects to dysfunctional behavior. Uh, and we got some new tools uh, that we'll talk about. One of them in particular I'm going to talk about because you're certified in its use. We'll get to EMDR in a while. But uh, uh, let's back up a little bit. Let me ask you this. Uh, I want to talk today about trauma. Uh, so help us, first of all, Kyle, what, 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 what is trauma? Well, I, I say this all the time. It's you know, one man's bad day is another man's trauma. I mean, trauma is pretty unique to the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, things that might play themselves out as traumatic to me might not be a big deal to you. Yeah. Or they yeah. might be a bigger deal. Yeah. If they happen to you. Yeah. Um, trauma is anything basically that um, your brain protects you from uh-huh. and this is where we get into the the brain's role in traumatic life events like if if you were abused as a kid yeah no matter what the abuse was yeah um what your brain does your brain basically just says this is too painful mm-hmm. i'm going to lock this away and i'm not going to let you deal with it mm-hmm. and what ends up happening over the course of months and years is that memory, whatever happened, whatever that was, mm-hmm. whether it's a tornado, whether it's um, you know a hurricane, whether it's abuse, 
Or be, I've, had, I've had this explained to me that, that it could be equally traumatic. You know, your father punching you in the face. Yeah. It's very traumatic. But it can be equally traumatic. That look that your father gives you at the dinner table. Exactly. Or doesn't give you at the dinner table every night. Right. Day after day, week after week, year after year. The cumulative effect yes. of that seemingly insignificant look can be as traumatic as if he punched you in the face. Exactly, and, it's all, and that's because it's all about the message that you received from that. We'll get into that okay. as all right. we get into the talk about MDR. But um, no matter what the trauma is, whether it's a big T trauma, which would be like going to war, yeah, a yeah. natural disaster of some kind, right. or little T traumas, which are the little looks from dad, or um, just the series of... of situations and life events that happen to you over the course of time that on the surface aren't a big deal, but they just add up. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter what the trauma is or what, how, you know, whether it's a big T or a little T trauma, the brain does the same thing. The brain will say, nope, too painful. I'm going to lock this away. I'm not going to let you deal with this. And what the brain needs to do and what the brain wants to do ultimately is to take that memory and instead of storing it, it wants to put it in the part of itself that allows it to be processed. Yeah. And the in-between, from when it's stored to when it's processed, this is when people find themselves doing things, saying things that they can't explain. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can tell you after my divorce, um, which was, I can name that as traumatic for me, um, you know, I found myself doing things I couldn't even believe I was doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just thought, and this is long before I went to therapy, long before I went to grad school, long before I became a counselor. I'm like, I would wake up in the morning and go, oh my gosh, I, what did I do and why did I do that? Yeah, right. And, um, and it was all because I was hurting so freaking bad yeah. from my divorce, yeah, yeah. which was a sig hugely significant wound for me. Mm -hmm. um, growing up in a house where my parents have been married almost 60 years now, and, you know, I grew up old school Church of Christ. You did not get divorced. Yeah, right. I mean, you're basically hellbound if you're getting divorced. Yeah. So I had all of that going on, too. So there were several wounds all at once playing themselves into this one little area. Yeah. And it it, it gave me, it created a lot of despair in yeah. me. Mm -hmm. um, I found myself doing things, saying things that I never would have done otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's all because it was unprocessed trauma. Yeah. It did yeah. not get moved to where it needed to get moved to in my brain in order to be basically filed away appropriately. Yeah. Because as long as the brain's locking that thing away and it's not letting you deal with it, it's not getting... Your filing cabinet is all kinds of out of order. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just it's just complete chaos. Yeah. So, um... Well, um... So, would you say, then, that you were suffering from PTSD? Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, like I said... People hear PTSD and they think, oh, well, I'm not a soldier. I didn't go to war and kill anybody, or I didn't live through a hurricane, or yeah. I didn't watch a family member die. Or, and you know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. PTSD is PTSD. If you meet the symptoms. And what are those? Uh, there's a lot, actually. Um, 
you know, basically, there's three types of there's three types of symptoms. Um, some may appear, you know, like immediately after something happens. Mm-hmm. Some may not appear for years. Okay. So, but there's three basic types that are grouped into three categories, basically. And there's one is an intru- is considered intrusive memories. The other um, is just avoidance and mm-hmm. numbing. Yeah. Okay. Which men deal a lot with. Um, so intrusive memories would those be like flashbacks and yeah, nightmares? Um, and yeah, I'm going to get into the specifics of all three of these okay, in a second. Okay. But there's right. intrusive memories, avoidance and numbing, and then increased anxiety or hyper emotionality. So okay, basically. Some of the symptoms of intrusive memories are like our flashbacks, reliving the trauma, yeah. remembering that day in all vivid detail, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. or it could just be nightmares about the event. Yeah, right. And those would have been considered, you know, intrusive memories. Um, some of the more common symptoms of avoidance and the numbing um, could just be just simple, simply not wanting to talk about what happened. Right. Ever. Right. Um, just being numb emotionally, not really yeah. feeling any kind of joy or sadness or anger or fear. I mean, just kind of a lack of emotion all around. Um, avoiding things that you usually like to do. Mm-hmm. That's another way um, that that plays itself out. You know, hopelessness about the future, having trouble rem- uh, remembering things mm-hmm. is part of it. Um, trouble concentrating. Um and part of the avoidance piece too is having is is trouble with maintaining close relationships. Yeah. Um, some of the more some of the symptoms of the anxiety uh, and increased emotional arousal would be anger, irritability, overwhelming guilt and shame, mm-hmm. self-destructive behavior, drinking too much, yeah. sexual promiscuity, on right. and on and on, drug abuse, trouble sleeping. Um, I've seen people um, being that are really easily startled or frightened. Yeah. Um, when they're specifically working on whatever it was, you know, that was their trauma. I've I've, I've seen client. I've literally seen clients when I'm in, I'm I'm in the same room. I've been in the same room with them for an hour. Yeah, and if it gets quiet for any length of time, the next thing I say, I have seen people literally jump out of their seat. Uh huh. Yeah. And you know you're in it when that happens. Right. Um. And then some people can go as far as you know seeing and hearing things that aren't even there. They start getting mm-hmm. having hallucinations, delusions, and yeah. If it's really really bad, it can go it can go that route too. Wow. Wow. Now, um, the first time I ever heard about EMDR, I want to talk about EMDR. Sure. Heard about it from my friend Mike Courtney. Uh, wrote a great book called Failure and How I Achieved It. Uh, a, a pastor who fell, uh, yeah, had a moral failure. He runs a great uh, counseling center called the Branches Recovery Center yeah. in Murfreesboro now. Yeah. And uh, Mike writes in his book about going out for treatment to PCS in Phoenix. And uh, as a piece of that, doing EMDR, and uh, and for him it had uh, dramatic therapeutic effect. What is EMDR? Can you describe it in layman's terms? What for? What 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 do the letters stand for? The letters stand for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. 
That's weird. Yeah, it is okay. weird. Uh, well, that sounds so like basically, snake oil to me, man. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay. And I, you know, I, I have to say, um, when I first came um, anywhere near EMDR, yeah, I thought, what in the world? Yeah. Why? Did, why? Why? How? How? With eye movement, can this get better for me? Yeah. Right. Um, but. Th- it is so amazing, and, okay. I, and I can say this not because this is the kind of counseling I provide, but I was an EMDR. Yeah, it's client. one tool you use. You're not. It, yeah, not it's not just. Uh, okay. It's, it's right. when I'm dealing with trauma. This is what I typically go to. Okay. Um, but I was a client of EMDR mm-hmm. for a year. Okay. And um, I'll tell you a little bit about how that started because that was an interesting story. Okay. Um, so I'm Sunday morning, for church, just kind of hanging out. Got the TV on, watching mm-hmm. the movie Remember the Titans. Okay. One of my favorite movies. Love that movie. I've probably seen it 20 times. All right. All of a sudden, I just lose it. Like, I start crying uncontrollably. I cannot stop. All right. And I'm looking at myself going, what in the world is going on? Right. Well, I've seen this 100 times. I've never reacted this way. What is happening to me right now? So I processed it with some friends, and I talked to a couple other counselor friends of mine about it, and, and they said, well, there's obviously something there. What's behind it? Mm-hmm. You should go work on that. So I seek out a counselor, find somebody, and um, they suggest EMDR. So mm-hmm. I do a little research, read up on it, thought, I'll try anything because I don't want to go back to that place again. Right, okay. Um, so we get into it. And basically, you know, the movie's about this football team. Well, I never played football, so I was really confused. Right. But it was about being part of a team, which I grew up playing baseball. Right. Played college, played played professionally, coached. Hello. Sorry about that. No problem. Um, you know, coached college baseball. I'd always been a part of a team. Right. So I start going back and looking at... The injury, what I talked about mm-hmm. earlier, you know, and not being able to play ball anymore. And then I quit coaching, you know, five years after I started. And I realized that um, I hadn't grieved that part of my life yet. Right. And, man, I tell you what, the first session, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I knew I was pretty raw from the whole thing. Yeah. But I got through the first session, and by the end of that session, well, in the middle of the session, I lit, I was on the floor. I went to my knees on the floor. Because, wow. I mean, the grief was just, it just, it just came. Yeah, wow. And it was something I had been stuffing for years. But the eye movement, interestingly enough, the eye movement... Uh-huh allows here's what the eye movement does it allows the memory to go from storage to being processed okay so that's the key the eye movement forces the brain overrides the brain basically and says okay you're going to let go of this we're going to move it to a different part of the brain where the processing takes place it pushes reset somehow yeah. in the circuitry right okay. and so as you're reprocessing it and doing what the brain wants to do anyway yeah wants it to do anyway is it's it's allowing all the things that would go with processing the memory to happen. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was grieving. Yeah. 
And man, did I grieve. Wow. I cried like crazy the first time I did it. Second wow. time I did it, same thing. Yeah. But here's, here's what's crazy. Got to the third EMDR session mm -hmm. around something that was humongous for me. Yeah. I was done. Wow. I was done with that particular part of my life. Yeah. Two sessions, it was gone. Wow. I haven't cried about it since. I haven't had any negative feelings about it since. Right. Um, and At do I point, still miss the game? Of course I do. I yeah. still miss. Yeah. It doesn't keep me from feeling feelings about it. Right. But they don't own me like they did. Right. And that was the most amazing thing I'd ever, ever experienced. And that's what sold you on EMDR. Yeah. And I told my therapist, I'm like, okay, we're going back and we're doing my entire life. <laughs> we're going to EMDR my entire life. We're going to go through every single thing I've yeah. been through. And we did. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. Okay. For someone who's new to this concept, yeah. mm -hmm. it's the eye movement. I know people can't see it. Now. Right. Explain as best you can. Sure. What does that process look like? So basically, if you're the client, you'll sit and um, I have a machine. Basically, it's a light bar. It's a long, um, probably a two foot long, maybe longer, um, just a row of LED lights. And I can set the speed on those. And it also allows me to um, plug in these little paddles that will vibrate. So if the light goes to the right, the right paddle vibrates. When it goes back to the left, left paddle vibrates. And basically what you're doing... Um, Are you playing between the hemispheres of the brain? Yes, that's what I... Yeah, it, yeah. it's called bilateral stimulation of the brain. So okay. by having both sides of the brain talk to each other, it's forcing the memory to move and to get processed. Now, interestingly, when you go to sleep at night, REM sleep, yeah. rapid eye movement, yeah. that's the body's way of processing what's happened during the day. Oh, this is why, it's starting to make sense. Exactly. This is why your REM eyes move. REM sleep, yeah. and you have all those wild dreams, yep. and you don't know what they mean. Yep. Oh. Processing. That's all it is. It forces the brain to process. That's okay. Okay. Wow. Ka-ching. Yeah, man. All right. Starting to get it. And... You know, still, for a lot of people, they're like, I don't know. But this is kind of like purposeful dreaming a little bit. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But like you got, it's a very, you got, it's but a you're very methodical process. Yeah. Like, you're you're this conscious. Is why you got a guy going through it with you. Right. Asking questions. No. That's, no? That, not really. Oh, I don't okay. really ask a lot of questions. All right. Um, basically, you're going to tell me, you know, the process is, is we start with whatever the memory is. Yeah. And then the next thing I'm going to ask you is, um, what's the... What's the negative belief about yourself based yeah. on this memory? Oh, I see. Uh -huh. So if you're abused as a kid, right? Physically, let's say dad punched you in the face, right? Okay. okay what do you What do you tell yourself about yourself that's mm -hmm. negative about what happened there? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a piece of garbage. I'm not right. You know, I'm not lovable. Right. Is a typical thing that yeah. I hear. Okay. So how does not lovable feel? Yeah. What, what's the emotion that goes along with not being lovable? Well, it makes me sad yeah. and a little bit angry, okay? Yeah. Where do, physically do you feel the sadness and the anger? Mm -hmm. Well, I feel anger in my arms and my hands, and I feel sadness in my stomach. And, and so it connects not only yeah. the, the memory, but it connects it to what you believe about yourself. Right. connects it to an emotion, and it yeah. connects it to yourself physically. So you're getting all – It's a whole, it's a very – whole body approach yeah. this to dealing with this trauma. This is the other fascinating thing to me. The more we're learning physiologically, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've talked 
for for millennia mm -hmm. about how you know I, love is in my heart right. and and anger is in my stomach and all that kind of stuff. We're now learning that there really is this somatic memory yep. and somatic sensory. We have these mirror uh, transmitters and receptors throughout the body. It's it's not like everything happens from the neck up. Well, ask anybody that's had a panic attack. Yeah. What'd yeah. that feel like? Yeah. Well, I felt like I was having a heart attack. I felt yeah. like I was going to die. I felt yeah. like I was going to throw up. I yeah. felt like, you know, they can go through any number of symptoms right. when, when they talk about having a panic attack. This right. is no different. Right. Trauma holds itself. It'll store itself physically for okay. you. And, and, and what's amazing about this is that once we get through that first part of the process, we do what's called a float back. And what I would say is, if Mondo's my client, I would say, okay, so if, if you feel unlovable and it gives you sadness and anger and you feel it in your arms, hands, and chest, think back, let your mind float back to an earlier time in your life where you have felt this exact same way. You would be amazed at how many memories people can connect to that physical feeling uh -huh. and that message. Yeah. Like I have people listing off 15 or 20 memories wow. that feel exactly the same way. So the hope in EMDR is that you pick one memory mm -hmm. and it takes care of everything that ever felt that way. Uh -huh. Now sometimes you have to go back and, and hit each individual memory, right. but sometimes they generalize to yeah. the whole lot. Yeah. It's amazing. But here's what I know about you, and this is why, I, uh, even though I've never done EMDR, certainly have never done it with you, uh, why I have, uh, I have confidence in you is that I have always known you as a very empathetic person. Well, thank you. You have a remarkable ability to feel for other people what they can't. Uh, not only you pick up what they're feeling, but sometimes I, I, my sense is you pick up what they ought to be feeling, and they don't have the capacity to do it. Yeah, I've, I've God, why, God little, gifted. That's a beautiful it's gift. It's a little man. scary sometimes, but yeah, that, that is a that beautiful happen. gift. I envy it. Uh, I live too much from the neck up. Yeah. All right. Well, a fascinating topic, is it not, Mondo? Yeah, I'm tripping. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's great. Would, now, would you suggest, guys? Look, I'm sure there's a lot of guys like me. I'm going to Google it tonight. Sure. Because it's able to try to find some sort of YouTube video on the process of something. Because that's just, it's fascinating. I mean. Well, here, here's the great thing about, well, first of all, men typically hate going to therapy. They hate oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would I was you, one of them. Yeah. Would you I, say this is, EMDR is, is kind of a natural thing for guys to do? I wouldn't know. I don't know that it's natural. No. I know that men being men, we like for things to have be very purposeful. Yeah. We like for things to be very regimented and um, detailed and, you know, step by step. Yeah. Kind of have a distinct beginning, middle, and end. EMDR is that. I mean, there's, there's okay. you know, the process in and of itself, you know, this is nothing I've created. I mean, right. I've, I've been to several trainings. Um, I've done some advanced trainings. And the protocol is the protocol. Yeah. And I basically just make copies out of the book, and, and I follow it. Yeah. And it's it's very um, one thing to the next, uh, move quickly. Yeah. Now, people do get stuck, mm -hmm. and there are people who, like, they start really feeling the event, mm -hmm. and they, they check out. They're gone. Yeah. And I have to... 
I have to know how to bring them back. Yeah. So that's when I would step in. But typically, I'm just moving them from one piece to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Yeah. And, you know, they give me how intense it feels, a zero to ten scale yeah. called a sud. They give me a zero to ten when we get first get started. Yeah. Once they pick the memory and we get all the particulars, okay, how disturbing is this to use zero to ten? Yeah. Okay, well, it's an eight. Well, it's yeah. pretty high. Yeah, yeah. A 10 is like, I'm reliving it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've had plenty of people say 10. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then... Um, See, that scares the crap But, but here's, here's the here's the piece See, about, I want to do this, and I don't want to well, do this. I'm about to tell you why you want to do it. Okay. So, part of the process, you know, it's what, what's the negative belief about yourself? Right. The next question is, what would you rather believe about yourself? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, and then you tell me how true that feels to you. Yeah. If you had to say it right now, how true would that feel? Yeah. Most people are like, that ain't true at all. Yeah. But after the reprocessing is done and the disturbance level goes from way up here to way down here, yeah. we then turn to the positive belief yeah. and say, okay, how true is that now? Yeah. After having done all this, how true is this positive belief that you want for yourself? Yeah. And invariably it goes up. Yeah. Now, the... Another cool piece about EMDR is that you can not only rid yourself of a yeah. lot of negativity, yeah. you can install positives. Yeah. So let's say you wanted your – if your yeah. negative belief was I'm unlovable, right. well, the natural positive belief is I'm lovable, right? right? Right. Or I'm worthy of love. How about if I want to believe that I can play professional football? Um, you need to let that one go, I think. Okay. But we take the positive belief, yeah. and what I'll do is when we reprocess something, the lights go fast. Yeah. So when we're in all the negative stuff, we make the lights go fast. Uh -huh. But if we want to install something, we slow the lights down really slow, Yeah. and then we have you thinking okay. about that positive belief, and then... Because upload speed is slower than download exactly, speed. Exactly. Wow. It's no different. Yeah. And, and I kid you not, the, the, the installation stuff works wow we start out we, but the thing is, is we if, if mondo came to me and said i want to do emdr we determine that he's a good candidate for it the whole thing the first thing we do is set up a safe place yeah so it entails an image yeah of what would give him the most calm and peace that he could possibly find it entails him inviting people in that he might want in there he might not want anybody in there yeah he might want to bring in his favorite book or his you know yeah whatever it takes for him to build this place yeah that gives him the ultimate and calm. That's what we want to do because yeah. in EMDR, we trigger the bad stuff. Yeah. He's got to be able to calm himself down, soothe himself, and get to a safe place on his own if he gets triggered away from me. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. Uh huh. Wow. And I've seen people who have panic have a panic attack every time they get in a car because of something that happened to them in a car right. when they were a teenager. Yeah. And they pull up to a red light, panic attack. Right. Because what happened to them involved them sitting at a red light and somebody pulling a gun on them. Right, that's right. Okay. Right. And so doing a few sessions around that, this person's now driving not even thinking twice about it. Yeah. And they've had panic attacks for 20 years. Yeah, amazing. It's crazy, man. It's unbelievable. Okay. It's, it's, it's a great way for men especially because yeah. there's not many men around. You like to go in and sit and talk about their feelings. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, yeah we're this is a more business-like business yeah. approach yeah. to yeah. taking care of a lot of I do stuff. This, this happens. 
Yes, okay. cause effect. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now I'm not saying it works that way every time. Okay. Good. But it is a very methodical process. Okay. Uh-huh. It's very A to B to C to D to E uh-huh. all the way through. Okay. And I think the there is a great chance of serious movement toward health. Yeah. Faster. Yeah. Depending on what the situation is. Yeah. Than just regular old talk therapy. Okay, well, if any of we we're coming to the end of our time, but if any of our listeners uh, want to ask you questions about this or uh, find out more, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, they can go to my website. It's uh, just kylerigsby.com, K-Y-L-E-R-I-G-S-B-Y.com. They can okay. email me there. They can call me from there. They've got everything I've okay. Everything about me is on that site. So. Okay, terrific. Well, what a fascinating discussion. Yeah, you aren't kidding. We'll wrap it up in a minute when we come back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. All right, well, it's been a great visit here. Uh, Mondo, has it not? Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, We'd love to hear what you all think. Uh, If you have anything uh, terrible to say, send those emails to Kyle. No. (laughs) No, those go to you. Okay. Now, actually, questions, comments, anything, please drop us a note. Get uh, on the worldwide interweb and uh, send us something. (laughs) Send us something at... Samson Podcast at gmail.com. Until then, it's goodbye from Nate, Mondo, uh, uh, from Aaron in absentia. Yes. And our good, our good friend, Kyle Rigsby. So until next time, goodbye from the Pirate Monk Podcast. Hey, yo, hey, yo. Give yourself.